Sportsnet 590, The Fan. We got a beautiful Wednesday lined up for you, Fan Morning Show. Justin Nailish, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Vibes are high. Blue Jays are just, oh, that Kikuchi, I tell you. Oh, that Kikuchi. We love, we're going to gush about Kikuchi for three straight hours. So yeah, we, yeah, we're probably, we're definitely for the first hour, it'll be <laughs> largely Kikuchi, as it should be. I mean, God, he's our guy. Good. We were, uh, we were, uh, were we first on the bandwagon, back on the bandwagon? We were like tip, dipping our toe a little it bit was, into it. It was we kind like, of satirical, Kikuchi's though. Kikuchi's amazing. He's going to save our season. And, I, you know, we, we talked in a little bit exaggerated form, but he is proving us to be kind of right. Well, you're like the forever optimist. Like you want to see the glass half full with everything. And I'm not like Mr. Cynical, but usually I don't go as far as you want to go. But with Kikuchi, I was right there with you. I dragged you you in. I wanted to be, I wanted to be anything or nothing but positive. And then when we talked to people, they were like, it paid off. Paid off. People were like, well, you just, you know, taper your expectations. He's, he's coming back. It's grapefruit league MVP. And you know what? Go back and listen to those pods. Mm Mm-hmm insiders that wanted us to maintain a level of level-headedness because I don't have it anymore. Well, there's a, a lot of Blue Jays coverage is that it's like, you don't know, find your center. It's a long mm. season, it's true. 162. It's, so many games. it's like uh, uh, you kind of have to overreact a little bit if you're doing sports radio on a day-to-day basis or I, I think over 160 days it would kind of get a little bit boring. Uh, but there, you can't even hyperbolize mm-hmm. Yusei Kikuchi at this point because he's been so, so good. And every time he goes out there, it seems he's better. He's on a career run at mm-hmm. the moment. It's come at an amazing time. And it's not just, hey, stats. It's a guy who wants, who's just dying to get out there, looks and feels, it feels so confident when you see him because he's found this other level where it's not like, oh, I'm just trying to hold my nose and get through this. Yeah. And I'm putting up zeros uh, despite, you know, maybe not feeling as dominant as I really am. But he looks like, he wants the ball. He knows he's going to strike out batters. He knows he's going to put up zeros, and he just does it over and over and over again. It seems like this thing is snowballing in a really good way for the Blue Jays. Yep, got a best uh, ERA since the All-Star break uh, league-wide. Six more innings pitched, just one earned run, four hits, no walks, seven Ks. Helps us hit our wake and rake, so cash that one yeah. in the honeymoon fund. Uh, there, there you go. Like we should actually, <laughs> that should be a bit. We, we should, should have a honeymoon fund. You should put, I don't know how much money or what needs to be done, but we should maybe, you know, start anew here September. Might have to. And try to like make you a little money just for you know the honeymoon fund. The honeymoon How about the fund? wedding first? Sixty-five plus days. Yeah, you might have to focus on that first. But uh, yeah, I think there should be some accountability. Mm-hmm. We'll figure that out. Okay. I think there's something to work on there. Okay. Uh, yeah, Kikuchi looking dial. That was a pitching performance. If you like low scoring games and head-to-head pitching performances and an elite run from not only your starter but your bullpen and your closer. That might be what you're going to watch with Blue Jays baseball for the next little bit. And early bedtimes. That was a quick game. That was really nice. It's nice. And at like 945. I'm it's like, really oh good. Oh, my God. It's, and it's like clutch scenarios coming up at like 845. Yeah. It's like that's that's you know perfect. that's the most exciting time in the ball game is a tie game and, and you're getting into the bullpens. Not to say you say Kikuchi isn't, you know, the appointment viewing at this point for the Blue Jays, mm-hmm. but like you're getting 
prime time action at a great time and you're not like, oh, it's 10.30 and now we're getting to the eighth. It was it was lovely last night. The whole game was felt like a playoff type performance, atmosphere at least. I mean, a Stella crowd of the Rogers Center for Looney Dogs, of course, but for the Blue Jays as well. And uh, Kikuchi on the mound, he just keeps his game going at a really great pace with Zach Wheeler on the other side. It was pretty low uh, offensive power, to say the least. Um, and both teams kind of capitalize on mistakes. Not many of them were made, but that's what playoff baseball is going to be like. It's going to be maybe lower um, offensive outbursts, and you're going to be relying on a bullpen that looked incredible again last night. And you got Jordan Romano back in there. The one-two punch of Jordan Hicks and Jordan Romano, that is going to be scary for opposing lineups uh, to try to crack. Uh, You saw Jordan Hicks with his probably his best performance so far as a Blue Jay. And then Jordan Romano makes his return. That Rogers Center dims the lights. He comes running out with the red and the music and the hometown Canadian vibe. And then he delivers in a really big spot in the ninth inning. He's got to get three outs against some of the best on the Phillies there. And he does it. And, like, that's what is going to be a point of confidence when you look at Blue Jays baseball moving forward is (laughs) their pitching is going to take them just as far as they're going to go. And, yeah, we might be watching a lot of 2-1, 3-2 games, so we might need to just swallow our pride that this isn't going to be, you know, the Cincinnati Reds who score, like, 12 runs and 13 runs every game. So, But I, I, I can buy into that. It's fun to watch dialed pitching performances. When you win. <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. I mean, my, my take from that game was this is exactly how it's going to look if it's going to look good, mm-hmm. right? Like, it could look really gross, you know, if that pitching doesn't hold up and, and, sure. and the offense stays the way it runs, is. If you can't get Kikuchi runs, thank yeah. God for Cabin Biggio's foot. Like, I understand that they won because Cabin Biggio's f- foot was in the way. Uh, no, I don't think you're giving Cabin Biggio enough credit. Oh, I agree that he he could have even that subconsciously pulls his foot back. Like the ball mm-hmm. sits in 90, whatever mile an hour slider coming at you, but they won on, you know, they won on that play. So they definitely won on that play. <laughs> I think it was more. Yeah. I think it's kind of it was obviously He's intentional. And I think he deserves some credit <laughs> for, sh- for sure that does. moment. Even like though, I would have ran out of like, I, you know, I'm not standing there and just taking one for the team, but we're different people. He's uh, our you hero. You would have taken. He's our hero. Team. And his foot is certainly going to be on the cover of, of some, you know, newspapers this morning okay, yeah, just wor- fun. at least a worthy ice bag for uh cabin <laughs> yeah that, that's my take it was like that's what it's gonna feel it's gonna look and feel like if they're successful it's going to be tight you cannot really make a mistake if you are a a pitcher b a fielder mm-hmm. uh because it's going to be as we've been talking about the margins being very very fine fine uh for this blue jays team in these big spots because you're not holding your breath or you, at least you shouldn't on this offense to break out in a major way but it's also going to look like that Biggio at bat where yeah. you just have to take advantage of the one mistake you may get from the opposition. And that was the mistake. I know he had, uh, you know, loaded the bases to that point and Bohm makes a really good play to make sure that it stayed at one, one in the moment, but you're going to get one opportunity, at least this for this Blue Jays team, it seems because you can't create it yourself right now. At least you can't maybe when Bo Bichette comes back and, Chapman's finger heels up and all these things sort of come together because we're waiting on this influx of talent to change the dynamic of this team. But right now it seems like 
And it's, and it feels like that all the time in the playoffs where one thing, one moment, one mistake, one opportunity to capitalize on something will be the difference in the game. And that felt like a playoff game in many ways last night. It was really nerve wracking and nervy the entire way through. And Kevin Biggio had a moment where he had the opportunity to change the game and did because he was smart enough to not flinch and to just stay in the box in that moment. And ultimately it's going to come down to little things like that when you can't hit the way you want to, or at least the way you had previously, and you can pitch the hell out of the baseball. And that's Mm -hmm. what the blue Jays are doing right now. So it just seems like that's the blueprint. That's what it's going to look like. If the blue Jays are going to have success, you kind of have to be perfect in a lot of ways and you have to capitalize in the moments that you have and runners in scoring position, that's been a struggle all year long. But it's not just that. It's little things around the baseball game where you can make a difference. And Kevin Biggio took advantage of one of those moments last night. I want to play uh, Schneider post-game talking about Kikuchi. There's a clip, I think I'm highlighting the right one, Josh, um, where he's like talking about him throwing lightning or something. That was good. You know, if you have that one, I'll give you a second to he play He was it. throwing lightning bolts the first three <laughs> innings. I mean, he was electric, uh, heater. Um, curveball was awesome. Slider was executed. He kind of kept them in between. I think they were probably sitting more fastball slider, and he broke out the curveball and located it really well. It's a really tough lineup to navigate when you think about the top, and then you have Bryson Stott, and you got Turner and Real Muto, six and seven. That's about as deep as you can get. So um, I thought he was the best, if not the best, one of the best outings we've seen from him. And uh, just got hurt on one breaking ball up to the bottom of their order. But he was dialed in, and he kind of emptied the tank there in the sixth. And um, he was outstanding again. It wasn't long ago that we were talking about there being too many starting pitchers in this rotation. And if someone was going to get relegated to the bullpen, it might be Kikuchi because of last year. And we didn't want that to be the way that this goes. And and because stuff could maybe translate a bit more. He can strike guys out, and Manoa and Ryu couldn't. For sure. Um, And also a lefty dearth. Right. And this was, I don't know, maybe four weeks ago, right before the trade deadline, we were talking about it as well. But I just think this guy maybe felt that type of trajectory and thought, I'm going to continue to prove my role in this rotation. Uh, And those six last six starts has put so much confidence i think in me and i I would assume the staff of the blue jays that there's no way that this guy isn't in your top three if you're starting a playoff series right like is he not in your top three if they're going uh to kick off a rotation yeah i mean if i'm thinking about like okay what the results before we even get started Mm -hmm. like let's say you go through um the wild card series, let's yeah. say they finish six and and it's Minnesota and you got the couple games in Minnesota, you go three, the full three, and you say Kikuchi isn't used because it's a bunch of low scoring games. Maybe Gosman wins the, the first and Barrios loses the second and Bassett has a good start and it goes to the bullpen and it just doesn't go the Blue Jays way. Mm. Now, maybe pitching wasn't necessarily the issue. But if you left Yusei Kikuchi right now as an unused asset We'd in a loss in a first-round series yeah. with what he's doing right now, it would look and feel like a mistake was mm-hmm. made, even if pitching wasn't necessarily the major issue. And maybe it was, and then you'd know that it was a mistake. But it feels right right now, his stuff and his value and what he brings to the uh, the ballpark every fifth day is of tremendous value to the Blue Jays right now. And if it is left unused in a postseason series... I feel like you're going to regret it. And maybe you don't need it because maybe it's Gosman Barrios and you win in two and it's not even an issue at all. 
But Barrios right now, or, or uh, Kikuchi right now, excuse me, is giving you something that is more than Bassett. It's giving you something mm-hmm. that's more than Barrios, frankly. And, more than and it's been good, more than Gosman, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if we're looking at the last six weeks or so, he's been their most valuable pitcher for the last four, five, six weeks. He's on a run that few in baseball can match at the moment. And I don't know if it's going to last until the late September, October. I don't know if he's going to be as good as he was or is right now then, but right now, if he was left unused, we make fun of Zach Britton being left in the bullpen by the Orioles Mm -hmm. still to this day. Uh, If they don't use Kikuchi and Kikuchi continues to play at this rate and they do not get the result they want, it's it's going to be the easiest thing to point to is like you had a dominant pitcher that wasn't used. And I know you have to like change your mind and 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 go a route that you weren't expecting because clearly for the last two months we've thought Gosman Barrios pass it yeah. since Manoa was a non-option since Rio had not arrived and since Kikuchi was still trying to prove himself but right now it just seems undeniable that Kikuchi has to be used in some fashion when the games truly matter because he's just been that good a thousand percent on the uh, broadcast last night I mean it wasn't outrageous to say that he was pitching like one of the best lefties in baseball and I thought okay yeah who's who's better and there's not a long list of pitchers right now that are lefties that are throwing better than Yusei Kikuchi um and I understand like by the time we get to the playoffs there's a lot of factors right now if it was the next if it was starting this weekend yeah he'd be in there for me um you capitalize on who's hot at the right moment you can't be thinking oh, okay so back in September or back in March Bassett was absolutely dialed. He was pitching full, complete games. He was a lot this, of money. This, yeah, it, I, it doesn't need to come down to that. I think you know if you if you're trying to capitalize on a window, you got to play and you got to set your lineup like it is win now territory, and it's going to look a lot better soon. Uh, it's unfortunate that yesterday Buffalo. Um, the Bisons were rained out because they had a bunch of Blue Jays down there for rehab assignments. A bow was supposed to start. Um, we have Chad Green still down there. Trevor Richards down there. Um, I mean, Kevin Kiermaier is still kind of um, around the corner. Chapman, obviously, what a weird injury too. We didn't talk about that. Pinched his finger in a uh, in between a weight. Couldn't be me. No, that's why you don't work out. Like, there's just another reason, folks. Yeah, just hazard. You right? could hurt your middle finger by picking up a weight and getting it My stuck there. Like, so just stay on the couch. It's hazard weird, free. Weird injuries, right? Like, you got cheese grater for... Oh, yeah. What are we doing with the cheese grater at Fedway, by the way? Like, we didn't talk about this. I guess you were Dangerous. Around, but, like, why are... Why is there a potential hazard that could cut you, why are you not wide just, open? Yeah, why are you not just getting, like, grated cheese? Like, put, I'm lazy. Put a pad up. Yeah. Don't need grated elbow. Anywho, but they've got they've got a lot of guys on the cusp. It's too bad the the rain delay didn't give us a little bit more. But once you get Chad Green, once you get Trevor Richards back, I mean this bullpen already looks. I know you are always hesitant to really buy into it, but you see last night, you see you, uh, Jimmy. I have another Arcia. reason to be hesitant, by the way. Oh no, we'll get we'll get to it later. You see these three go back to back to back. Um, no, was there even no hits? Right, or there was there one hit? I think there was three no hit performances from the bullpen last night i can uh quickly check that while you finish a bunch of k's all got one inning pitch there um and a big save from yeah, three romano. clean innings from yeah. garcia hicks and romano uh six k's combined so what's your point of hesitation too many good too hard to find the right spot to put these no, guys no, in no 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 oh, no, no i was hoping I mean, that was maybe, this, maybe it's a bit of a reach uh i wanted to ask uh blair and morosi who are having yeah. on a little later about it um 
But yeah, this is, I mean, this is the first time you saw Jordan Hicks and Jordan Romano, the Jordans in the back end for the Blue Jays. And it looked it really looked good. Great. Obviously, 5Ks, two clean innings. It looks like it's uh, nearly untouchable when it looks really good from those guys. I mean, when those two are on, <laughs> you're feeling really, really good about your chances of closing out a ball game because they are the guys we've been talking about all year long. They are the guys with stuff. They are the guys with swing and the miss. They are the guys with plus, plus, plus. Uh, stuff that can that can obviously win on be more than anyone or any offense can really deal with. Uh, frankly, when those guys are on, it is nearly unbeatable. Uh, I guess my thing with the bullpen is I'm trying to think of like the most successful bullpens in postseason past. And what's really, really most impressive, I guess, until last night, because last night is the exception here. When you see those two guys and you're like, oh, wow. I mean, last night was pretty perfect. There is dominance on the back end. But what I think has been the strength of the Blue Jays bullpen the entire year is just how deep it is. Like like it's if it's running six, seven, eight deep, whatever you're talking about. Oh, Jay Jackson, our our worst arm in the bullpen. Maybe he could be in pretty decent leverage spots Mm -hmm. for a bad team. Like it's, in my opinion, it's been quantity over quality to this point where there's abundance of arms. You feel good about pretty much all of them. All of them are doing a good job all in their proper context or slotting are probably above average, Mm -hmm. maybe with the exception of the eighth inning guy. If it was, if it was Swanson before where it's like, you feel really good about everyone in their role, but does that mean more than having just two or three, like ultra dominant guys, guys who are just untouchable. So if you're looking at bullpens of previous teams that have been dominant, 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 is it just relying on a couple guys who are amazing Mm -hmm. like Hicks and Romano were, or is it, Hey, we've got an answer for everything. And I, I don't know the answer to that question, but like, I guess my point is how much does Jay Jackson mean Jay Jackson being plus in his slotting mean when the games mean the most, does it matter? Because if you see Jay Jackson, is that mean you're trailing in a ball game anyway? I'm not really sure, but it just seems like you could answer that question if you have that quality mm. in addition to that quantity. And if Jordan Hicks and Jordan Romano look like that all the time, then maybe they have yeah. the two or three that can just dominate a series or dominate a lineup when it matters the most. So maybe they do have that mix. But to this point, because we haven't seen Jordan Romano and Jordan Hicks pitch in the same ball game until last night, I still had some questions because, yeah, you like Eric Swanson. But if Eric Swanson, you're asking too much of at a certain point, is that when it bites, it bites you in the ass at that point. But Eric Swanson, sixth inning, low leverage, uh, a spot or a softer spot in the lineup, then maybe you feel really, really good about it. So I'm still dealing with that like mental thing where mm-hmm. it's like I've never been confident in the Blue Jays bullpen, it seems like, my entire life. And maybe you really should. But I do worry that it, it is it may be a quantity thing rather than a quality thing. But last night was certainly an exception to that. I feel like I would, if I had the option, I still know that there's going to be injuries and there's going to be performances that like someone's getting hot right now but does that last and having more options than not in the bullpen is a nice cushion that we don't really see often with this Blue Jays team maybe that's why it's hard to like really buy into it like when do we have an abundance of anything (laughs) right now we have an abundance of good starting pitching and that's nice I guess my point is is it a bullpen to get you through 162 games where you got to use everyone like we've seen we've seen them run out of arms before where they have to use Mitch White and they lose a game Mm -hmm. or is it a bullpen for you know, you're playing series and you mm-hmm. might get an off day on a travel day mm-hmm. and everything's spread out a little bit more where it's 
you know, it, it, the weak strong link thing where the strong link weak yeah. link is the weak link thing 162 and the strong link is postseason. I'm not really sure. I think that's a better question for John Morosi. Yeah, we'll have him on at seven. Uh, we can chat with him about that. And we'll have uh, Jeff Blair on at eight. In between that, we're going to talk to our girl, Amy Lawrence. So if you get up before the fan morning show starts, you'll hear Amy Lawrence who hosts uh, After Hours on CBS and we, we simulcast that. So every morning, Justin and I are on the radio uh, but we're in the studio a little earlier or we're driving into the studio and Amy Lawrence is always on. So we get a chance to chat with her at 730. Um, she's got a crazy it's schedule. Like radio idol. She like is. She's the us. first person's voice that I hear every morning. Yeah. It is wonderful. <laughs> and she's great. So she's going to join us at 730. And then right now, we didn't mention this, uh, but if you're up, you can watch Australia and England. Uh, they are 20 minutes into the semifinal of FIFA World Cup. Uh, winner will face Spain on Sunday. Nil-nil. Uh, it just started. Uh, but Australia had a really good chance there. Uh, while you were talking, I wasn't listening to a single thing you said because I could tell it was just it was a breakaway. <laughs> anyway, this uh, is our last chance for a this long is it. time. It's really nice. On. It's really nice to watch at the same time. So that just kicked off at six a.m. Uh, we'll be getting the updates throughout the day, and then when that ends, we'll have Julie Stewart Binks on at eight thirty. So she's hosting the football show on Sirius XM, and she's a big football girl. So we'll go through the final, which will most likely be set by eight thirty, unless there's like twenty more penalty kicks like that one game. Um, it was like a week ago. Mm-hmm. So results of England and Australia to come. We'll see what the final of the Women's World Cup is to be played on Sunday. So that's our lineup for today. Um, you mentioned uh, all the rehab starts or the, yes. the Buffalo Things to come. rain and the mm-hmm. unfortunate stuff. Like it, it really is. It is worth like salivating over. Like look at the names that are that are were not available to the Blue Jays last night. Bo Chapman, Kiermaier, Jansen. Green, Trevor Richards. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Romano, we've been waiting for Jordan Romano. One of the guys finally got back that we were waiting for. But, like, it seems like it, it's almost a tease, right? Because it feels like, oh, you got to win all Man, these. what an influx, though. It's, it, it's, it's all coming, and you expect it to come, and it's going to look so much better. But you got to win these games right now. And that's mm-hmm. why yesterday's win was so big. Mm-hmm. And to have one of those returnees have a big moment with Jordan Romano is huge. But it just feels like they're so disadvantaged right now and they are just waiting for all these guys to come back and they all are right there it seems like they all could in a pinch be Mm -hmm. available to you right now but they're just going through the process and they're going through like you know the the schedule right now is a little bit more difficult than it is going to be in a couple weeks here where it's a little softer and yes they have to make up hay there or they have to definitely uh win some ball games go on a little run and make sure that they can distance themselves when the schedule is a little softer, but going through these like really important games with less than a full hand, yeah, is feels like a bonus win. <laughs> it, it does feel it. It feels like a like a you can sigh of relief because mm-hmm. you have two games with the Phillies. At least you have one, but it's like treading water, trying to get to the point where you can do away with these lesser lineups. Where Kevin Biggio, God love him, God love his his, his plate approach and his, his foot, right foot, but you don't want hit him fit, hitting fifth every night, and you don't want five of your nine batters in a lineup being guys that you're not necessarily all that confident in. And Nathan Lucas being your pinch hitter, a guy with 25 at-bats all season. Like, it's it's not an abundance of talent coming off, off the bench right now in, in that lineup. So you're just waiting on Bo. You're waiting on Chapman, Kiermaier to get back, Jansen to be available again. When it comes together, it's going to look good. Can you survive until you get to that point? Well, last night's victory is going to go a long way. Yeah, it doesn't look like a serious lineup when you see names, like you mentioned, um, often in the lineup hitting in important moments, um, not able to contribute on the offensive end. 
but then you still have, you know, people like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who only has one home run and since July 24th and is still having like unserious plate appearances. Um, Paul DeYoung is just. It's tough. <sighs> it's also tough on Espinal. Like I know, uh, you know. It we made, need Bo it back. Made, it made, we need just Bo need back. Bo it's back. like it, it just, is just like it, Bo is the domino. It can't Bo, be more of a glaring. Bo fixes a lot of things. It's pretty outrageous. I was listening to Blair and Barker yesterday, and they were having, and I'm going to bring it up with Blair at eight, a bit of a debate on. Let's say Bo is 85 percent ready. Like, are you rushing him in because you want his bat, or do you need I don't his think defense? You can. And, and I guess, and they were going kind of back and forth about what's more important. But right now, it's like they have nobody really other than Whit Merrifield. That's a consistent at bat that you feel confident about, but then you, because Paul DeYoung is in every. Ooh, but that's he, the thing is like it makes they, my they stomach hurt a bit. Biggio, Merrifield, uh, they Espinal. need him in both spots big time. Yeah, but but you had infield depth. Yeah. You had a guy who went to the All Star game last year who was supposed to be your yeah, backup that's, shortstop, that's crazy, eh? and you felt like you couldn't, you didn't have enough confidence in, I guess, him defensively that you needed or felt the need to bring in Paul DeYoung, who gives you nothing offensively. No, it's, uh, let's be honest. There are, there are a lot of guys on this team bad. on this active roster giving you. Nothing offensively. Unfortunately, Vladdy is, you know, closer to mm-hmm. that than, uh, you know, ultra productive at, at this moment right now. Um, but as I mentioned, like if you can get through, if we can just push through this little, this little, so, this uh, soft, bo- so, soft spot, excuse me, in the schedule, given that there's two off days this week, but just get through this, get to bow, how different things are going to look yeah, when look you get to bow. It's going to look a lot different. And of course, Chapman is, is right along with him. So let's say all things work out nicely. Um, Bo gets an opportunity to get in the lineup with some of these guys this weekend. Got a huge series next week. They've got three games against the Orioles starting Tuesday. Then they got Cleveland, which we just saw them in. The, those are those are tough games. Those are tough games. Uh, but they got the Reds this weekend for a couple. Um, hope to see Bo back for the Orioles at like the latest <laughs> because that's going to be a big, big series. I mean, they're kind of running away with it. But that's how you stack up against teams like you need. <gasps> it's been a while since we've had a litmus test. Mm-hmm. And there's another one coming. That's certainly one of them. Um, but like, right. it, like, okay, so that's August 22nd. That's six days from now. If Bo's back for that Orioles series, Bo's healthy. You don't have to worry mm-hmm. about Bo because you've reached that point. Yeah, that's your litmus test. But then when you turn over the month, you're seeing Rockies, Athletics, Royals. Like that is the God, time. You better win every single one of those games. You got to go on a run. You got to go on a run because it gets really, really dicey to close the season. Texas, Boston. New York, Tampa Bay. New York. New York, Tampa Bay. New York, the Yankees are just a stunning masterpiece of disaster this masterpiece? year. Masterpiece? Yeah, of disaster. Okay, masterpiece. They, for the first time since sometime in the 90s, they are now 500. 500 on the year. Through 120. Through 120 games. They're 500 on the season. We'll talk to John Morosi about what's going wrong there. Seems like a lot. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's maybe the end of an era for the Yankees. I just, they can't keep coming back to the well, it feels like. So. Well, they can buy themselves out of issues. I think uh, we, that's what we expect them to do. But the fact that they may are flirting with a mm-hmm. sub 500 record for the first time since 92, I believe, it's like 92. that's pretty unbelievable. It's so uh, I bad. Mean, it's kind of my reaction to that it's like, it's about time. That's what I'm saying. Like, end of an era, maybe. It's like, how good can. The Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, be before it's the, that real decline. Feels like the Yankees in, have in hit a salary that salary cap world. I that. mean, they, yeah, again, it's a little bit different, but 
yeah, they can they continue or they have been able to continue to just an old yeah, team. we can we they're old. They're and, old. And, and when you buy and buy and buy, eventually you get yourselves in trouble. Whether there's a salary cap or not, whether you have all the spending wherewithal or not, I don't know. Maybe the end of the era is just that Brian Cashman isn't running the team anymore because he's been doing it forever. That's it, like 30-something years. Um, okay, Kevin Gosman, Aaron Nola on the mound tonight. So another great pitching matchup. Uh, last of two here against the Phillies, 7-0-7 first pitch. They got another day off tomorrow before they play the Reds uh, for three games on the road this weekend. So we'll tee that up. We've got two, two baseball guests today, but uh, we'll move on. we got some other Raptors adjacent news. <laughs> yeah, we'll squeeze in a little wraps. We'll talk some wraps. It's been a while. Like We need other things to happen in this sporting world because... JJJ's, um, but the Raptors and the NBA trying to capitalize. I saw this yesterday, like trying to capitalize on a quiet sports frame to announce this massive in-season tournament schedule. Uh, so can we? Can we? Can we? Uh, can we just? Can I interrupt you there? Please. We've been calling it like the in-season tournament. Oh, they're doing an in-season tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Is is it when you just like call something? that way long enough you just accept that it's named that way because it is it is called officially the in-season tournament can they not have made like it the like the kobe cup that's exactly what i was just gonna say really exactly what i was just why is it not called the kobe cup like come up with something if it's the in-season tournament so boring it's awful is there going to be a trophy like what i understand this and i think other leagues have opened their eyes to should we do this i don't know let's see how one season is if it's a success or not but they released their schedule for this little in-season tournament. I, I obviously the hope was that it adds some more, I don't know, intrigue to a long basketball season. Well, you're talking about the announcement. Like that's maybe a pocket where they think they can. That's it. They, they thought they could get yeah, back in like the headlines. Late November. Can we do something that is meaningful in late November because it's a bit of a soft spot, despite you know U.S. Thanksgiving being a really important thing around and everyone's that time. Ha- most people are like really dialed into football at that point. They maybe are. So the trying. NBA is trying to get some. And I, I again, I, I don't. The thing is. It's worth trying, one hundred percent sure. One hundred. The worst thing that can happen is nobody cares. Like, yeah, all right, whatever. And, and ultimately, people will care if the athletes care. And I guess there's some incentive. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some money. There's going to be some things on the line. But you can't fake real interest. You can't fake meaning. I mm-hmm. guess more specifically. So if it does mean something to the players, it will mean something to everyone. And people are going to watch these games. One hundred percent. They're going to be. Uh, they're going to be somewhat interesting. It's just if you're a Raptors team that is rebuilding and but may, donate, not may not have it. direction and maybe making like developmental decisions rather mm-hmm. than, hey, we're trying to win the in-season tournament. <laughs> like that's the thing about the but Champions League. But they could League. get a ring, Justin. Yeah. Yeah, but they could get could a they? ring this year. Could they? The Raptors could win something, but is it the what? NBA championship or is the in-season whatever tournament? I, I think that's the question. It's like, what type of t- team wins the in-season tournament? Is it the type of team that is like, that is good, but not the best in that like, okay, are the Denver Nuggets and Nikola Jokic going is, to is, try is, their yeah, hardest to is win Jokic this? Is Jokic going to play 46 minutes in those games because Denver really, really wants to win it? Or are they more concerned about, you know, keeping him fresh and healthy and no making idea. sure? Is it a team that is like sixth, seventh best that is to be like, yeah, we can maybe win this. So let's That's give why it's it for our the best raps. effort. Wins, but they're not even in that position. <laughs> so maybe they're good enough. But like my, my, what I'm interested in is like what type of team wins this? Mm-hmm. Because if you look around in like lesser competitions around sports, 
like let's say it's the FA Cup in England. Like, yeah, most of the time a Manchester City or a top four team mm-hmm. wins it. But sometimes they have other things that are more important, like a Champions League, where they put their effort towards that. Yeah. We saw that maybe at the National Bank Open, where Carlos Alcaraz, maybe he was just working on his forehand in that entire Paul, Tommy Paul match. <laughs> practice and he, round. Because they're, they're, they're <laughs> uh, events that are a bit of a you know practice and to try and get up to speed for the US Open is this sort of the US or the National Bank Open or the Cincinnati Open for the NBA season maybe I'm not really sure we're going to find out uh but I don't think they helped themselves with the naming of it the in-season tournament being called the NBA's in-season tournament excuse me is not exactly awe-inspiring no well I'm, maybe there's time to I don't know rebrand but the kobe cup so easy kobe cup i mean if you and i without talking about it both came up with the same thing so easy pretty easy um okay so this is the schedule so raptors are playing in east group c not even that's not even good uh with orlando magic boston celtics chicago bulls and brooklyn nets uh their schedule is all november games of course the 17th 21st 24th and 28th all the games on tuesdays and fridays Tuesdays. Those are the nights that don't have football, right? Fridays, yep. In November are in tournament games. The quarterfinals will take place on December 4th and 5th. The semifinals are in Las Vegas on December 7th. And the championship game is also there on December 8th. So, Okay, so early December, in-season cup, mm-hmm. semis, finals. Uh, again, that's like a little vacation it sounds like in season for teams that want to be involved is summer league is it is it serious or unserious teams that are going to be interested in that i wonder if you can if you can make this is forward thinking bets on who's going to win the in-season tournament i'm sure you can Already, we should take a look. But I'm not like, sure if already, but also their their regular season like how games are they gonna that handicap are masquerading that? as yes, tournament games, real right? Games. So like they, ha- you have to have effort because those games mean something. But do the semifinal, the semifinal and final games can't be regular season games. So they exist in the, as their own entity. I mean, there's a lot to figure out here. It may work. It may be a complete disaster. I'm not really sure. Okay, but maybe the Toronto Raptors are going to be inspired and led by Marquise Noel, who. Um, we know Marquise Noel will take it serious. He will take this season so seriously, enough so that, and he's an undrafted rookie, as we know that, um, 23-year-old point guard, some similarities with someone else that used to play for the Toronto Raptors, posted on his Instagram story on Monday night the following, quote, I will make history as the best Raptor to ever put on the uniform. I, <laughs> I challenge, I welcome that inspiration and that confidence, buddy, because that is, that's a statement. What's, what's his Twitter handle? Mr. New York City. Like you got to have some confidence if your Twitter, Twitter handle is going to be oozing confidence. Mr. New York City. And I love that. I'm a Marquise Noel saying. guy. Like, I'm going to be cheering for this guy. He's also 5'7", and it's tough being 5'7". In the NBA, it might be tough to be the greatest Raptor of all time at 5'7". I think people are downplaying expectations for Marquise Noel, but that's kind of what we do. You're talking about that with baseball. Like, mm-hmm. oh, we're not going to get so excited about Yusei Kikuchi in the Grapefruit League because, you know, we have uh, our take has to last for 162 days or uh, games rather. Like I'm, I, I have some confidence over him because I watched him in the NCAA tournament. He's got confidence himself. He looks like when we're, if you're not going to believe in yourself, who is exactly the very little bit of summer league that I watched. I'm like, oh, he's the best basketball player, but he doesn't have the tools to be a, a star in the NBA. But he's maybe, got the confidence. Maybe sometimes that doesn't matter. Maybe this is in fact. <laughs> 
you know, uh, him looking into the future, his crystal ball, maybe he pulled the tarot card. Maybe it all comes to fruition. I just want Marquise Noel to be a guy that's serviceable for now. I'm hoping, I'm just no, going to, I just want to start with that. Start, well, yeah, was, you know, I my expectations are that as well, serviceable. But if he wants to be the greatest Toronto Raptor of all time, power to you. He did tweet this afterwards, after this kind of got some steam. Quote, this time around, I'm going to make it clear. Spoke some things into the universe and they appeared. And he put a world Bars. emoji and hands up. And yeah, those are, mm. I believe, lyrics. But I think, you know, he's saying, speak some things into the universe and they might come true. Uh, that is the strategy for some. I-, I will say, thankfully, it's a high bar. Like, if you want to be the greatest Raptor ever, the greatest to ever put on a Raptors uniform, you That's got true. you got some competition between Kawhi Leonard, Kyle Lowry, DeMar DeRozan, Vince Carter. Shoot for the stars. Shoot for the stars. And you might land on the moon. Isn't that it? Shoot for the moon. You might Shoot land for on the, the moon. Stars. And if you miss, you'll be amongst the stars. Well, there you go. Marquise Noel. Um, let's see it, buddy. I'm excited for it. Raptors basketball just around the corner. Um, let's talk about Messi. <laughs> We're missing a huge opportunity every time that he takes the pitch that we aren't betting him to I score at been. least. Oh, I have been. And where have I been? You don't bring it up in the wake and rake? You just well, let everybody lose money? It's Oh, England just scored. England just scored. I want there Australia to win. I'm I'm an English supporter, English football, so uh, I'm all That's It's only in the 35th minute. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. We just if it's gonna be a drama filled game, we need an early goal, and hopefully this opens up a little bit more. But did you see Messi's goal? Uh, yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> I mean, it, it it was terrible on the keeper. Obviously, yeah. he scored from like I don't know, forty yards out on a on a ball that didn't have the typical it Messi didn't even bend or lose anything. The gr- from it was the just, ground, it, it was, was a goaltender out of position. I mean, credit him to see the goaltender out of position, but he's scoring every which way for. Inter Miami, who's going to win the league's cup? By the way, I mean that's the betting uh, mm-hmm. miss I, for I us. Jokingly said that. Well, what are the odds for them to win? And they were like in last place. They had, like they were trash. Last place in the MLS. I don't know. Like it seems like they're doing all their damage in this like tournament. That's whatever separate, it works. We t- we'll talk there about in season tournament. In-season tournament. There's an in season tournament working right now, and Leo Messi cares about it. So he's maybe, got nine goals and six because matches. they're not going to win the MLS nine cup. Goals. Probably not. And they're going to win this, and it means something to them. So that's the team. That's the team that's going to win the NBA in-season tournament who has mm. doesn't have expectations. You're right about the Toronto Raptors. This is them. They're they going to win the in-season Messi. tournament. Maybe Marquise Noel is Noel Marquise Noel. Messi. He is Messi of the Raptors. That's such <laughs> At a least thing. in his mind. He's manifesting yeah. that. Anyway, they win 4-1. They haven't lost in the Messi era. What, nine um, goals in six games? I nine think goals in six games. I saw that uh, opposing teams their managers or their owners are like pleading pleading their fans to not sell tickets to to make money from mm-hmm. uh for miami fans because even last night like these are not home games anymore for other teams they're people just coming from all over to see messi um and cheering obviously for him so it's like they're losing fans because people are making bank selling these tickets off uh, for hundreds of dollars to see Messi, but I, I don't blame him. Nine goals in six matches, like it's uh, it's an automatic. Yes, I'd like to watch this game. Is there a worse or like, a, yeah, there's not, I don't know if this has happened yet. I'm sure it hasn't happened yet. But the first stadium that doesn't have grass and Messi doesn't play, like being that owner, being that person making that decision, like that would be. Well, they're the telling them to put, worst. To, to put grass in or 
Yeah, to, to redo their fields in time exactly. for Messi. Exactly, but like not everyone's going to do I it, right? I don't think so. Like if you're the guy who's too cheap to put Messi, and we're talking about big money and selling off tickets so and all much that money. stuff. Anyway. Nah, I'm not putting it in the, not putting it in the grass. Uh, yeah, that's enough. Um, okay, I have one more, but we could do it in the A-list. So we can take a break um, on the other side. I got a couple things to go through, including a news drop from Mark Stone about his incredible performance at the Stanley Cup final uh, that makes things even more, even more impressive. That's next on the A-List. Sports. Sportsnet 590. The Fan. Now it's time for hey, yo. the A-List. Bing bong. Bing bong. Bing bong. Stop, baby. Okay, we talked to Mark Stone a couple days after the Stanley Cup was awarded and he sounded like he was hungover and rightfully so. Yep. He was like, I've been golfing and Definitely just hanging out. Him. You know, just hanging out. Life's good. Um, but now, a couple of months removed, he had some energy and he was on the Pat McAfee show and announced or shared, and this obviously people didn't really know this, that that game that he scored a hat trick, the first person to score three in a final game of a series since 1996 uh he did in fact do such with a fractured wrist in that first period played the rest of the game with a fractured i guess broken still correct way to explain fracture is broken right yeah broken wrist in the stanley cup final and still scored a hat trick so that's legendary stuff right there it is legendary stuff i guess he has an excuse then for being a little groggy that day maybe yeah. a little anesthesia if you want to call that's it. like insane. I guess he wasn't going under the knife or having surgery in that moment or uh, <laughs> that week. I think he was busy partying, as I you think mentioned so as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I the, you mentioned McAvee. I'm like, I'm going to make a mental note here because we had a lot of guys who played for the, the Vegas Golden yeah. Knights over the course of the summer. Join us on this show. We need to ask about injuries, like the craziest thing a teammate played through. Mm. We need to ask those questions because that's good we should have got that out of Mark Stone. Yeah. We did ask him. How, he I remember saying, "Like, how's the body holding up? Like, how are you feeling?" He's like, "Was good, you know." Yeah. He didn't say, "Hey, you two, guess what? I played with a broken wrist." Yeah. <laughs> when we get Aiden Hill, though, we got to be like the biggest sacrifice one of your teammates made from that. That's true. From that standpoint, he still was able to lift then the cup. Tell us with a broken wrist. I'm sure at that point you don't even care if you have a broken arm. If your arms, yeah. your arms not even attached to your body anymore, I don't you think, can lift that he cup. He probably wasn't feeling the wrist That's all that saying. much, but also like. I don't know. There are severities to fractures. If he, if it was like, you know, truly, truly untenable, I don't think he'd be playing or lifting the cup. I don't know. I feel like they would. You can win the Stanley Cup. I know, but we, if, we always hear if your after... wrist is like hanging off, you can't. You can't. You just wrap it up. Matthew Kachuk tried with the sternum hanging that's true, off and that's couldn't do it. scary because it's close to like your lungs and stuff. It is. You have to poke something. Yeah, you don't want to poke anything. In yeah, there. but your wrist is you know, a long way from the heart. So you got to hold a hockey <laughs> stick, though. It's That's a long, true. It is a long way from your heart. Uh, okay. Um, here's a fun one. Mookie Betts. So he was, he made this announcement on his Twitter yesterday. It was a really fun story. Um, we can play the clip instead of me explaining it. And then, uh, I don't know, I think it's kind of heartwarming. What's going on, guys? I just, uh, something pretty neat happened and I wanted to share this story. So back a couple of weeks ago, I was on deck and this guy was started talking to me. And he said, Mook, if you hit a home run, I'll name my daughter 
her middle name Mookie. And I heard this and I, I laughed and he said he was serious. And so I turned around and told him, no, nah, don't do that, bro. Don't, don't do that. And he said, no, nah, I'm going to do it. And, uh, says your wife wouldn't like that, bro. Don't do that. He said, no, nah, I'm going to tell her. So I think he, was, he may have been on the phone with her. So then that at bat is when I hit, I think the first home run I've hit in my career. And so I circle the bases, come back um, and give him a fist bump. There's a little video of it. I thought it was super cool. And then like a couple weeks later, I see on Twitter the birth certificate for Francesca Mookie Mancuso. Shout out to you, Giuseppe. Uh, I can't wait to meet Francesca. And uh, that's going to be my girl. That's going to be my girl. So I thought that was pretty neat. Y'all go follow follow Little Ragu 54 um, again. Shout out to you, Giuseppe. All right. So oh, the best name is Little Ragu 54. Little Ragu is his Twitter handle. Let's be honest. A uh, bunch of, of great names there. Giuseppe yeah. and Manusco was the last name. And Francesca, Mookie, Manusco. So this kind of rolls off the tongue. It's meant to be. I mean, what are the odds? It says if you at this, if that at bat, you hit a home run. And he was on the phone. If you haven't seen mm-hmm. the video, he's actually on the phone with his wife. Yeah. He's right it's up an against. Awesome video. It's really, really cool. And it happened. So that's really that's really special that he went on and did that. And now that girl, when she gets up, she's going to have a story. Whenever someone asks her about a middle name, oh, how'd you get that? Well, actually, my dad, blah, 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 blah. I think it's, it's cool. Middle names are like, there's, I don't know, there's always, I feel, some sort of reason. Like, they're not super random. Sometimes they are, but half the people I know, their middle name is Elizabeth. It's like every every girl <laughs> I know's middle name one. is Elizabeth. Okay. Right. But it's cool to have something unique and something different, so... Yeah, that is cool. Uh, Mookie Bats is is awesome. Like not he as is. like it, it, this is one that's going to age well. Like I'm very confident yeah. in that. Like let's say this happened, you know, 25 years ago, and Barry Bonds did the same thing, and it's like Francesca Barry or Bonds. Yeah, that's that's like it didn't age well, right? No. Like it doesn't sound as good, but mm. it also wouldn't age as well as as I think it will with Mookie Bats. Like how did the Red Sox just like? It's tough. Like, what were they doing? I, I, I don't know. I don't remember the exact story. I don't remember exactly why they did it, but whether they were being too cheap. But, like, you had Mookie Betts and you decided to trade him. And now he's just still one of the best players in baseball. Best two, three in the entire uh, in the entire league, probably with Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Mm-hmm. Like, he's 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 that guy. And it's pretty cool. And now his name will live pretty on. Pretty cool story, yeah. And a different family. Anyway, it's a really cute story. Uh, we're golfing today. We are. We're member... For the listeners, a little while back, we did a sponsored uh, read with our guy, Adam Stanley, for TPC Osprey Valley. And after the interview, we were like, oh, man, I'd love to get out there and golf. And then on the air, they followed us and sent us a tweet. And they're like, oh, we'd love to have you out. This was months ago. Anyway, we're doing it today. We get to finally go out and golf that great course. Uh, Justin and I headed there. We got a like, nice noon tea time, just smack dab in our day it's gonna be a beautiful day out there and you haven't golfed in a little while yeah a little nervous uh but i got a couple rounds we- the in weapons PEI. have been collecting dust you played like non-stop on the east coast playing i played you know, at least high four level rounds golf. yeah uh, playing with like legends. High and... level golf is maybe an exaggeration. You, you never caught up with Lori Kane, I don't think, but no, like that was I... a possibility. So yeah, I, I think it's. I felt nervous to message her, so I didn't do it. All but right. I did golf with Poulin and Stacy. Which okay. is awesome because we were there for the same wedding. A yeah. teammate of mine from Dartmouth got married on the East Coast. So that was part of the reason we went. And we got out to Dundrave, which is a great course, um, a little bit east of Charlottetown. 
and they show up uh, completely unprepared, no golf clubs, no golf gear. They showed up in like, you know, regular people clothes. They had to go to the pro shop and buy a whole outfit, rent clubs, get balls, get tees, everything. But they're well, Olympians, I don't care. Um, it was really funny because we go to tee off on the first hole and this 16-year-old boy comes running and he's like, hi, hi, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is that, are you Marie-Philippe Poulin? And she's so like, humble. she's like, yeah, I am, you know, all shy. Mm-hmm. He's like, can I please get a photo with you? Like, I, I absolutely love, uh, I obviously love your career and I play hockey in Montreal at a, at a prep school and all the girls there would be so like pumped to see that I saw you and he works at this golf course. Anyway, it was really sweet. Um, then word obviously got around on the course that there's some legends out there and not me, um, but Poulin and Stacy. And so like the, the beer cart, they kind of knew and they were really, Oh, Hey, how's it going guys? Like awesome to have you out there. After we finish 18, we come back to the clubhouse and there's like a lineup of people waiting for photos with them. And it'd been a long day, but they took a photo with every single person, signed stuff. It was really, really, really sweet. Um, and both Stacy and Poulin hadn't been out for, I think maybe one round this year and it was like a charity tournament mm-hmm. and they still kicked, but like they were so like just natural athletes. And it was kind of disheartening because I've been golfing every week and I got fitted for clubs and I was feeling good about my game, uh, out. It is Marie Philippe. I understand, but you would think like they, but it is they spend their whole Land. lives playing hockey. They don't have a lot of time to go, you know, hit, clubs in the middle of the summer like they are dialed in 24 mm-hmm. 7 about hockey and they went out once this year to a charity tournament and they still oh, you were, you, smoked me you were probably licking your chops thinking oh they're gonna get they're gonna get these clubs that they won't be able to hit it won't That's be it. right they, for rentals them. like whatever like i could beat Marie Poulin no. today i didn't beat her on a single hole wow what'd she shoot not to put oh, her on blast, I don't know. but like what it, 80s for sure and this is a hard course this might have been my worst score of the year like it was a hard course and she's so, like, she just, whatever, no problem. And clutch. And clutch putts. It was funny. She had this, like, birdie putt um, that was, I don't know, impossible. The greens were, anyway, I have a lot of excuses why I didn't play well. And one of them is I still don't have my new putter. So I just every time I three-putt, I'm like, oh, soon that'll fix I'm itself. I'm convinced the putter doesn't exist and it's just It a is thing coming, that's... I promise. A little backordered. Anyway, she had so many clutch birdie putts and doesn't even waver. And I was like, so it isn't just hockey where you're super clutch. She's like, oh, I'm not just too lucky. Yeah, some people just have it or they can just pick up whatever. Yeah, that's her. Whatever piece of sports equipment be on any sort of rink, playing it's surface, pretty, field, yeah, whatever you want to call it. And they will just figure out a way to be better than you immediately. Okay, well, better than us, John Morosi joins us after the break. Uh, MLB Network Insider Let's talk about Kikuchi. We love Kikuchi. Um, get an update on what he's hearing around the league. And the Rays had another big news dump with Mc- uh, Shane McClanahan having to take the rest of this year and next year off getting Tommy John that was announced last night. So big things pondering and big question marks with that team and uh, hopefully helps out with the ALEs here. So John Morosi after the break.